back to another week of our story with Dunwoody United Methodist Church. Glad you've joined us. My name is Matt Stone, joined today not only by Pastor Phil Schrader, but also Pastor David Melton. How is everybody? Doing great. Glad Glad to be here. Amen. All right. Good to see you all. Uh, We are, gosh, now in week four of Building Community, and it strikes me at this point in the series... (laughs) We've been through some stuff. That's kind of the phrase that, that I have in oh, mind. Yeah. Building community is, I mean, we've said it a couple of times over the last couple of weeks. It's almost overwhelming to figure out in this day and age, how in the world are we supposed to build a community that is Christian and capable of you know withstanding everything in the world right now? It's a tall order. Um, and the only thing that gives me comfort in it is knowing that Goodness, if they could do it 2,000 years ago, maybe we can we can do uh, something similar today. So uh, as overwhelming as that journey can be at times, I think it's worthwhile work. And uh, we continue with James's story, exploring, with James's letter, exploring, uh, you know, what does it mean to be both Christian and community and Christian in community? So we're in the last part of James 3 this week, and uh, and we'll move into James 4 a little bit as well. But today, I, we're going to focus on really just the last five verses in James 3 that that spend some time exploring two different kinds of wisdom. So, uh, Phil, t- take us on the journey. Help us get ready for, uh, for this Sunday. Well, as we uh, continue to try and deal with these simple things from James that uh, perhaps we either make too complex for ourselves. Uh, He basically is saying there's wisdom that comes from above and there's wisdom that doesn't. Yeah. So let's talk. I kind of want to start with the wisdom that doesn't. Okay. Uh, Let's let's end on a good note. Devilish, unspiritual wisdom. Yeah. Again, again, he doesn't hold anything back. No, I mean, no. James no, no. really goes hard uh, and and talks about um, wisdom that comes, uh, just like you said, Phil. It's earthly, it's unspiritual, it's devilish. What what is that wisdom? It's the is is our inner being that uh, doesn't live up to our expectations as people of faith. Uh, those things that uh, the wisdom that comes from that is is the evil, the self ambition, uh, the things that that are in us that are not a part of of our heart uh, for Christ. Um, at least for me, is it, is what gets in the way of being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. So here's my struggle with that, David. Um, it it do, that doesn't feel like wisdom. That feels like foolishness. Yeah. It, it it's almost he's using the word wisdom, right? Yes, right. it's almost in quotes, right? He's putting air quotes around. Okay, the wisdom. that's fair. Yeah, I, and I, the the thread that holds it together. And, and here, let me just read verse fourteen real quick. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom, quote unquote wisdom, does not come down from above, but is earthly and spiritual and devilish. The thread that I think ties those things together is when I'm thinking and focused on me, what is me, what is about me, myself, and I, this is the wisdom from below, right? This is not wisdom from above. This is not wisdom that comes from God. This is an earthly wisdom that ultimately 
leads away from God, right? If I'm envious, then what I'm thinking about is what my neighbor has that I don't have, what I should have, what they have, it, it, that, that really should belong to me, right? And, and if I have selfish ambition, then I want to get ahead at the expense of everybody else in my way. It, it treats every other person as an obstacle to the life that I want, so that, that I don't know how y'all are hearing this, but as I think about um, contrasting the wisdom from above and the wisdom from below, it seems like at least one of the threads that holds together the wisdom from below is an overemphasis on me, myself, and I. I think sometimes we're lulled into believing that um, that selfishness or self-centeredness is a modern invention, but this is something that, that humanity has grappled with since the beginning. Well, it has to do with ego. Uh, our, our understanding of ourselves, our, um, yeah, I, I, all those words, uh, you know, it just keeps popping out at me, the, the whole thing of being envious and being selfish, uh, looking for disorder, wickedness of every kind. Uh, all of those things just overwhelm um, us at times with uh, all the stuff that's out, out there out there and uh it is inside ourselves but it's also out there in everybody else and that's what holds us back yeah that that envy james wants to say that that envy and selfish ambition lead to disorder and wickedness of every kind that's a bold statement i i mean he's saying that at the root of all kinds of disorder and evil in the world in the world is a self-centered worldview that says what i want is what is what's most important and my my desires are the king of the day, uh, and he says this leads to all other kind or a lot of other kinds of uh, suffering and uh, and sin. Well, and it says that when you act on those desires, it moves pretty quickly. It escalates. It moves not just you know I want something, but then I'm willing to commit murder. I want something that is someone else's. And I'm willing to go to extremes. And we live in a day where we can have our needs met on demand, uh, whether that be on demand by pulling it up on the television or on demand by pushing a button and buying it from Amazon. And so we murder trees by all the boxes that come to our houses. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I, I got to we got to move on. We, we got to get on past the, uh, the wisdom from below. It's uh, it's a real bummer. Um, and, uh, and I really want to spend a little bit more time on the wisdom from above, right? Because it, James is driving towards something and James is not in this to, um, uh, to dwell and marinate on how terrible human beings are. That's not where James is headed. James ultimately, I think is encouraging us and pointing towards something greater and that's the wisdom from above. So let's spend a little bit of time on the wisdom from above. What is this and what do we make of it? So what are your words for wisdom from above, David? Well, the wisdom of above is, is pure, uh, peaceable, gentle, uh, willingness to yield. Again, allowing something beyond yourself, uh, full of mercy, good fruits, uh, you know, James, even uh, in, in his letter here, uh, talks about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, that, that patience, that 
that courageous patience uh, that we seem to lack a lot of times in this world. Uh, the, the need for everything right now, uh, the thing on my terms, whatever it might be. So uh, this is, is great stuff, is, is learning that patience and harvesting uh, the righteousness of peace. And, and if you if you sow that, then uh, then you become an instrument of peace. Uh, you become uh, a, a way for folks to to find a better way. Helping us uh, to make a more peaceable world, a more peaceable kingdom. Yeah, I, I don't know if um, I don't know if this holds together, guys. Uh, y'all y'all tell me if, if it holds together. But here's how I'm reading the wisdom from above in contrast to the wisdom from below. But if the wisdom from above is pure and then peaceable, peace um, is aimed at reconciliation, right? It, it That's outside of my own needs, right? If I'm going to reconcile with somebody else, if I'm going to bring peace or wholeness, then I have to look outside of my own needs. So I think we're uh, I think we're on the right track. Then gentle, uh, gentle, not just with myself and my own needs, but gentle with the people around me and the community around me, uh, willing to yield. It's not like I have trouble yielding to myself. I need to yield to other people and the desires of other people. Otherwise, uh, if if my desires are king, I can't yield to somebody else. So I've got to submit my desires or, or, or yield my wants to those of the people around me, uh, mercy and good fruit. All of this seems aimed at a community. And uh, one of the interesting things that this series has alerted me to or awakened me to is how much James is deeply invested in helping us see how our actions, how our words, how our, our, our partiality, the way we treat the other people, the way that builds up or tears down community. The wisdom from above, I think, is clearly aimed at building up a community, not building up an individual. Well, and that's what I, I really like about that is it has got to be genuine. Uh, it, you know, James goes on to say, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy in what you're doing, uh, it can't be something you just do to look good. It's got to be something this this inside you. It's got to be something that's in your heart, and and then you can be that instrument of peace. Yeah. So so now, and I'm going to go a little bit into four, if that's all right. Uh, but now that question, I think, really comes into view. He he says uh, in verse one of chapter four, those conflicts and disputes among you. Where do they come from? I think so often we think this is a mystery uh, and we look around at our world today and we think, how do we get here, right? How how do we get to such a conflicted place in the world? And and in churches where there's a lot of tension or a lot of conflict, the, the same question always comes up. How do we get here? Where's this coming from? What's this really about? And James provides the answer. He says, do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? He says, the answer that we typically give is, well, it's their fault. Um, But James wants to say, really, this is about your desires, right? Don't look outside yourself. When when we're in a conflicted community, don't look outside yourself for the solution. Look within yourself at the desires within that are at war within you. Uh, Are you chasing selfish ambition or are you chasing gentleness? Uh, because one will lead away from God and one will lead toward it. 
Well, I think that's where we have that tension, at least with within my my viewing of it, where where we're we're both earthbound and we're heavenbound at, at the same time. Uh, we have an angel on each shoulder as part of the image, uh, one telling you, "Oh, go ahead and do it," and the other one telling you, "No, you shouldn't." Uh, here's how you live a different way. So uh, I love that that image of you know this this conflict within us. Paul even goes on and, and talks about, uh, you know, I do those things I know I shouldn't do. I don't, don't do the things I know I do. Uh, yeah, I'm guilty. Uh, and I think that's where a lot of us are. We, we find that inner strife uh, fairly constantly in our lives. Phil, David, and I have done a lot of talking here. Uh, let, me, let me put it to you. As you think about this passage, as you think about um, where James is headed, I think part of the question that we're drawn toward is, so what? Uh, do you what do you, what do you think the so what is for James? What's he really driving at here? I think that James is identifying how easily things break down. I read a study uh, this week about how disinformation on Facebook gets six more times the engagement of news. Yeah, so. The, heard the same thing in, in The Social Dilemma, right? Yes. This documentary about the impact of social media, how false news travels six times faster, faster. than true news. Right. Why is that? Because uh, people get so caught up in their own desires, their own craving, and they want to believe the worst. And I think James is trying to say that in order to be the people of God, we need to believe the best about what God has created, what God intends for us. And when we can start to believe the best about ourselves Mm -hmm. and we can start to believe and embrace the best about others, we can build community. But when we live in a constant time of suspicion, uh, when we're always suspicious, is this person out to get me? Is this person there to undermine me? Uh, As we draw closer to God, we can draw closer to one another But we've drawn away from God and drawn further away from one another and have not trusted others' intentions because we know our intentions aren't pure. Yeah. Yeah. I I think this, I keep saying the same thing over and over again, but James is so rich and and so much of it, I think, is deeply practical. This this kind of stretches into some theological areas that are uh, a little bit harder to grapple with, but, uh, but I think the practical fruit... Uh, is going to be uh, worthwhile as well. Uh, let me let me put this question to you as we draw our cli- our time to a close. Uh, if I want the wisdom from above, right? If I want to experience and live out of wisdom born from God, not of myself, what do I do? Where, where do I go? How do I behave? How do I connect to that kind of wisdom? I think you pray. I think you turn to God, uh, asking for guidance, asking for help and seek to plant peace and gentleness and kindness to uh, start every day by asking, you know, where do the fruit of the Spirit come from for me? Uh, I was wondering this week, uh, do people pray that their tongue might be, uh, that God might be speaking through them every day as opposed to, do I just have something more to say? So I do think that uh, starting your day well, uh, starting your day in prayer, starting your day asking for that wisdom from above is a good start. 
I agree, and and I think the the for me with the focus so much that James puts on community, uh, what better way to to learn and to grow and to to be an instrument of God's peace and God's presence in the world is uh, when we do surround ourselves with folks who are also striving uh, to have the values that, that we do that uh, that that begin to see the world in ways that can be. Uh, beneficial to all and and look beyond ourselves in ways that we can serve versus uh, what do I get out of it? Community is huge. And we've learned that this past year, Uh, this last 18 months, when we have have been uh, struggling for community so much so that, that we have medical professionals who keep reminding us uh, that some of the risk of being in a, an infected world is the need for community and the, the longing to be a part. And so we have football stadiums full of people that are unmasked currently, uh, not to get into it politically, but, uh, you know, they're willing to, to have the joy and celebration of community, uh, even at the risk uh, of the world in which we currently live. Yeah, and I think what I would add to it is, um, you know, in addition to uh, kind of prayer and tending to the spiritual disciplines in addition to community, I, I think I need to train myself uh, a, toward wisdom from above, right? The world trains me into thinking about myself, right? So much of the world around us is built to help me think about myself, I think I need to train my way out of that. And and I think one of the more powerful ways that I know to do that um, is to spend time serving someone else. If I am physically serving someone else, then, then I necessarily have to think about myself less. So I kind of think about tapping into wisdom from above by turning outside myself and uh, and serving others, and even when I don't want to, and, and I think the, the phrase that comes to mind is not one that you necessarily want in church circles, but fake it till you make it, uh, right? Even, Wesley said, "Preach faith until you have it." Yeah, well, it, so I'm on not on not totally out on a limb then, which is uh, comforting, <laughs> but I, that's what I think about is if I'm spending more time serving. Uh, and that could be, you know, as a, you know, as a welcome desk greeter, as an usher or whatever in the church, or it could be at the soup kitchen uh, or building a habitat house, whatever it is. If I'm serving someone else, anyone else, then I'm spending less time on myself, which I think will help me tap into the wisdom from above just a little bit more. It's selfless. Self, I need less self. Yes, I need less self. That's well said. Uh, Friends, thanks for another week. David, good to have you here as always. Phil, thanks for being here. And uh, for those of you listening, we hope that, um, that this is helping you prepare to celebrate well on Sunday, prepare to worship well on Sunday. And uh, we look forward to seeing you at 830, 9 o'clock, 1115 or online. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Our Story podcast from Dunwoody UMC. Visit us online at dunwoodyumc.org and join us for online or in-person worship every Sunday. Join us inside at 8.30 a.m. for worship in the chapel, at 9 a.m. for contemporary worship in the sanctuary, or 11.15 a.m. for traditional worship in the sanctuary. 
As COVID cases and hospitalizations rise throughout Georgia, DUMC will require all people, regardless of vaccination status, to wear masks while in indoor public spaces. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to see our videos on YouTube. Finally, visit us online and click sign up for emails under the Connect tab to get announcements delivered to your inbox every week. We hope you'll join us and add your story to ours. 